0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the TV Be Red podcast. My name's Emily and I'll be your host.
1: And I'm Mike and I'm your co-host.
0: And this week I think we're talking about a topic that everyone has some kind of connection to, everyone experiences throughout the whole wedding planning process and that is family or friend or some kind of personal relation drama
1: such a sad truth that i feel like it's the number one thing anyone says when you bring up talking about a wedding is like drama it's the first thing that comes to mind it's the first thing that comes to mind when people when they get engaged it's almost the one thing you can be sure of on your wedding day besides actually getting married is that there will be some sort of drama between someone at your wedding um for a multitude of different reasons and it's It's sad to think we even have to make an episode on this, but we really wanted to to talk about it because we've been asked a lot about it in the past.
0: Yeah, or I find it's not even drama in terms of big arguments or anything like that. It's a lot more of those subdued things of people giving you all their opinions and thinking that they know how to plan a wedding to marriage advice to those more subtle passive-aggressive comments that I think we've all had.
1: You know, where does the psychology come from of people thinking that they know how to plan their wedding better than you do or thinking that they deserve a role in planning your wedding. Where does that come from?
0: I reckon it's just ego. And I think that we all think we're better at things than we actually, we are sometimes. But also I find weddings this really unique soft, like sore spot for a lot of people where as soon as you say I'm getting married and I'm going to say particularly parents, have this idea of how and who should be involved and what their role should look like. And I think a lot of that is on the, the more traditional side of weddings and I think we're moving away from that and I think that in itself causes a lot of drama.
1: Yeah, I'd like to say it's a like tradition thing because a lot of parents have an idea of what they want their child's wedding to look like. In terms of tradition, in terms of religion, but also in terms of um, other traditions that have been done at their weddings, so they think you have to do them at yours. But I don't know if it is, like, you would think it would be improving, but I don't think it's seeming to get any better. And maybe it is getting worse because people are moving away from traditions, as you said, like back in the day, people just went along with what their parents wanted, but now people are more open to the idea of doing what they want on their wedding day, which creates more drama, which is a bit of a sad thing. I wanted to talk on a few reasons today about why a lot of people have family drama. I want to make this a bit more of a conversational episode, and really talk about reasons why, but then also some of the things we can do to sort of get around it because I think you deserve to plan your own wedding without having everyone else's fingers in the pie and being able to do what you want to do on your wedding day. So I think we're going to definitely touch on that. But I want to start with some of the common causes for family drama in order to then... Lead us to the solutions. You had a good story about drama between a bride and groom, and I think that's an interesting one. I want you to tell it because I think it's an interesting lead on into how that can then cause family drama, and I think it's an interesting um, topic of debate, especially at the moment.
0: Yeah, so the story essentially, I saw someone posting about it, and it was that the bride wanted a pretty big wedding, not huge, but But they wanted at least 80 people and they said because they really wanted their friends and family around them. And then they were saying, but my future husband really wants a very small, very intimate wedding. And they were asking advice because they were fighting because of this, of which way do they end up going. And I think, as you said, that this can be a huge tension. I think for two reasons. One, we know that the size of weddings can cause huge upset with families. A lot of families will always err on the side of wanting a big family because they want every auntie and they want every cousin and they want every second and third and fourth cousin all invited plus a few family friends. But then now a lot of couples are saying, no, we don't want that. And secondly, I think if you're not on the same page as your partner from the get-go, you're going to come into a lot more family drama because if you can't be on the same page, how are you going to get your family on that page either?
1: Yeah, I think that's so important. And uh, obviously on the first point, like a lot of families aren't going to get around the idea of having a smaller wedding because it's going to mean either they're not invited or they're... Their, their family's not invited and, and that just causes drama. And I think that's like a whole like mindset thing that they have around having a large wedding, having, inviting every friend and family you've ever known, right? So I'm going to try to put that to the side for a second because I think the bigger point is that if you're not on the same page with your future husband or wife, I think that is going to cause a lot of drama. And I think that's one of the biggest points we want to send home on this episode is that make sure every decision you make with your future husband or wife first before you go make it with anyone else because that's going to cause um, the biggest amount of drama and people will try to jam a wedge you know they will try to take sides it's a very common thing here in, in weddings especially with family as well they're going to take your side and try to drive a wedge and, and blame the other person when a decision is made so if you can make decisions unanimously and be sure on which way you you want to go with everything and give a good reason, but have a have a firm decision. I think you're going to put yourself in good standing to not really care about drama even if it does happen.
0: And on that, never use I statements in terms of like, well, I really wanted a big wedding but Mike said no or Mike, we're not having a big wedding because Mike doesn't want to. Making sure you're not bringing that in partner rather that so you should be saying statements like – We are choosing not to have a big wedding. We don't want a big wedding. We're not doing that because we don't want to. Because as you kind of touched on before, if you're saying – oh, well, it's Mike who doesn't want to do that or I want to do that, but Mike doesn't, you're throwing them straight under the bus and even though you might not be the one direct, it it helps you because you can fend off some of that drama, but what it does is build resentment against them and it paves the way for a lot more passive-aggressive kind of comments and then you'll get the thing of like family members being like oh well you should just do it anyways or he should get over it or they should get over it um so yeah really making sure that come set with the idea of what you both want but then act like you're on a team
1: and i think that's just marriage 101 right like
0: you're welcome
1: you know definitely (laughs) stick through that throughout your whole marriage don't um just do this when you're planning your when you're planning a wedding like do this forever Um, and I don't want to turn this episode into that but definitely make sure you're on the same page because you can already hear the conversations right between family members and this may be early in the stages of planning a wedding you might be deciding of who wants to have a big wedding or a small wedding you know and maybe you come to terms that you're having a small wedding and then a year later you're talking to your parents you're talking to grandparents, your family members and you say oh well we're having a small wedding because my partner really wanted that and you may say that offhand one day But that's going to come back on the day, you know, and those rumors are probably going to go around between family members and that's going to come back on the day and be like, oh, they're only having a small wedding because blah, blah, you wanted that. Aren't they a really evil person or something like this, you know, Mm. and you can hear the the conversations already. So making sure that you're clear and on the same page about every decision you make, even if you weren't 100% on it, you've got to be firm that you made it together as a couple.
0: So I actually think that some of the biggest causes of family drama is not the necessarily the fights and not necessarily the disagreements that happen, but the amount of opinions you get. And I think that as a bride or groom or someone planning a wedding, that that can be perceived as drama or can have a lot of like weight on you because when you're playing a wedding it's already stressful you're already probably trying to decipher you know one out of the thousands of Pinterest pins that you have and so you're already overwhelmed so you're already in that state and then all of a sudden you know your mom says oh you know what would be so good is if you do this or why aren't you getting a videographer or why aren't you getting a DJ or why aren't you doing this and as humans, we don't like why statements. We get very defensive when people ask us why we're doing a certain thing. And we, we assume that that is undermining our decision. And so I think when people come to you and they're like, well, why are, you, why are you going pink flowers? You're like, well, why not? And so then you get on that defense and then that is perceived drama. And I want to touch on this because I think that anything you do that is worth it or good in your life other people are going to have an opinion about and that that goes for any aspect of life and weddings are no different and I think what I mean by this is that you need to have a really clear stance yourself a really clear idea of what you like and a bit of a backbone a little bit just to, to keep to what you like and if you don't in you know, I'm a bit of a people pleaser. I get it. Sometimes I do listen to a lot of people's opinions and that's okay, but you also need to know when and where to tell people things. You know, maybe you need to keep it a secret until you've made the decision so that when people do say, oh, well, why are you doing that? Well, too bad. It's already booked.
1: Yeah, definitely having too many cooks in the kitchen is one way to create a whole lot of mess. Not only in terms of drama, but in terms of things actually going wrong in your planning process. So, like if you're outsourcing it to hundreds of different people, you know, within your family to organize different things and plan things how they want it to be planned, that's just a a recipe for disaster. But also, as you said, I'm not one to tell people to have to prove themselves or to have to explain themselves in, in that sense. But I think this is one of the times where having a definite explanation or having A strong why behind why you're doing things is kind of important because it can deflect drama. If you're just saying, oh, well, I'm only going to do this because I don't know why, you know, or just saying like, why not? That's going to cause more drama down the track. So as you said, don't tell people what decision you've made until you've already made it. Don't allow people to come in with their opinions. And then after you've made it, just be strong on why you've actually made the decision. So
0: I actually, it's quite funny because when we planned our wedding, a majority of it was during COVID lockdown or at least the majority of decision making. So we got married, uh, we got engaged in April and then we went into like lockdown beginning of June almost. And so, and then Sydney was in lockdown for like four and a half months. So having a 12 month engagement, those, those first four and a half months were pivotal in terms of planning. And I think actually the lockdowns really helped. One of the biggest questions we get were, did you guys have any family drama? What was your experience around it? And all in all, I think we were pretty lucky compared to a lot of the the other stories that we have heard. And so, but I attribute that a lot to COVID lockdown. And the reason that is, is because we couldn't see our families. Yes, we did have voice calls and phone calls with people But it's not quite the same when you're in person because you can ignore a phone call or if you don't want to talk about the wedding, it's a lot easier to deflect. And so all of these big decisions were done and dusted by the time that we came out of lockdown. And I think people didn't really care to give their opinion at that point.
1: Yeah, that for sure helped us. But another big thing that I want to say that helped us is no one having a financial stake. Ooh, now, yeah. this is huge and I know a lot of people out there, this impacts so much. Have parents paying for their weddings and that's just going to be a big impact straight off the bat. If your parents are paying for your wedding, to tell them that they can't be involved in planning or tell them that they can't make any decisions is going to be hard, right? How do you stand yeah. up to that?
0: Now, this is like a tough cookie right? <laughs> because weddings are hella expensive and I think that there's like it's like one of those carrots. Right, you're like, oh, do I take that money of my parents and compromise on some of the decisions, but also have a beautiful wedding? And it's something you really gotta, you gotta weigh up.
1: How sad is it though? You well, know that
0: weddings are that
1: expensive. The, well, yes, obviously that. I'm gonna go cry about that afterwards. Oh but my
0: god, I, I actually kind of makes me sick sometimes when I think about the money we spent.
1: Yeah, that's disgusting. But the other thing, like, how sad is it, that parents? sort of dangle that carrot of being like, I've been saving for your whole life. You now, you know, I've been saving for your wedding since you were born and here's this money, but you can only have it if you do this. Well,
0: you see, I actually don't think people, I don't think it's an intentional, okay, rephrase. For some parents, it is definitely intentional. Definitely,
1: It may not have been in your case, but I think for some people out there, it definitely is.
0: But how often, for example... I think it's a bit like a service, right? Like if you pay for something, you want a, you want some kind of return. And so I think that even if it's not intentional carrot dangle, it ends up being that way. Or it's not even that, it ends up setting false expectations. I think that's the biggest thing when it comes to egg planning is setting, managing expectations. I think when you accept money, particularly a large sum of money, you – have to sorry when you accept a large portion of money you can't just very rarely is it just given out of grace you know like someone usually wants some kind of stake out of that and you have to like I get it if I was paying an awful lot of money I'd want something too a little bit
1: but isn't that sad we're not talking about like someone investing in your wedding and they after a return on their investment. Oh, well, yeah, just, but... They should be giving it to you and really, like, shout out to the parents out there who have handed over money and not expected anything because they're happy for their child to plan their own wedding exactly to be how they want it to be, to be their dream day and not had any involvement because really that's what any parent should really want for their child. Yes. So shout out to those parents out there.
0: But I think we're human and our biases kick in and these, like... You, you don't want to be that person, but I think that it hits you in the guts a little bit more, maybe when it doesn't go your way. And as we are humans, we react to that. So even if you're like, okay, in your head, like how often has this happened when you're emotional and in your head, you're like, I'm not going to react. I'm not going to react. I'm not going to react. It happens, you react, you get angry, you get upset. And I think that that's the same way when people are giving money. One of my actually favorite ways to kind of get around this and also I guess I have given this advice to other people is that you come up you plan the wedding that you can afford and you come up with like different price categories for things or you might be like okay well I really want this and then or I really want I don't know, like a lolly bar or something, but it's going to cost $1,500. And then when people say, how can they contribute? You give them a list of things that you want to buy or things that are going into your wedding. And then they can choose what sum of money they want to give based on that. Rather than saying, I don't like the idea overly of accepting a sum of money without it being allocated to something.
1: Yeah, because that then opens up drama for later on down the track, it turns into a pissing competition about who gave more money and who paid for what, you know, especially when we're talking about parents who may be divorced on like maybe both sides as well and you've got like four different families then coming to the table to provide you with the money or maybe grandparents are giving money, who knows, but then it becomes who paid for what, you know, and then they're going to be like, I did more, you know, so at least if you can give who actually paid for what different things, then it takes a little bit of um, the stress off for you, like not having to explain where it all actually went to and who paid for what and not having to think that one person now did another person.
0: Yeah, exactly. On money, one of the things that I found really interesting and not it wasn't drama but a lot of questions came up and I think it caused a little bit of angst of like how do we respond to it is around people giving you money and all gifts and I'm not talking about just in terms of like paying for the wedding or whether it's also gifts at the wedding and I want to touch on this because I think for us we were really conflicted at first whether we were going to accept any money and then we kind of did accept money and I I, I want us to talk about why we went down that path of one accepting money, because we were very grateful and um, were very lucky to receive some money towards our wedding, and then two, how we came to the whole wishing well idea and dealt with the issue of gifts,
1: yeah, I think for me, from the start, I didn't want to accept any money for our wedding um, because it then, as we've talked about, came along with that stake that people were and then invested in our wedding and how it played out and that they may be able to make decisions or that drama may arise i i I was i was never going to allow anyone to make a decision based on a financial contribution but then the drama could arise later on by saying that i paid for x y and z so why wasn't i given or i helped you out so why didn't you actually like consider me i think i had to take the stance in the end that people are allowed to be generous and You've got to give people the benefit of the doubt and give them a chance to be able to prove themselves, you know, and and as you said before, we don't know how people are going to react, how people are going to um, want to take a stake. And if one person wants to contribute, you can't just allow one person and not everyone in the family or allow, you know, either side of the family, like in your family as well. So we have to give everyone opportunity. If someone calls us drama, well, at the end of the day, we work that out, you know, and as I said, it's probably going to happen. So you can't just alleviate it in this aspect and not in others. You know, there's going to be drama in some respect. So I think that was just allowing people to contribute, but then allocating, as you said, who, what people were contributing towards. And I think that helped in terms of the wishing. Well, we went back and forth on this as well. And I know people are going to be a bit weird about this. Like, I was weird to accept a lot of money in our wishing well because I thought that if I wasn't allowing family to contribute to our wedding, that then they would just throw it all in the wishing well at the end. And I didn't really want that um, as a way to sort of get around not being able to contribute. They were just going to put it all in the wishing well. And that was, again, not going to really land well with me. So trying to alleviate that was a way of like allowing them to contribute before so I knew that they wouldn't throw... Heaps of money, and the wishing well at the end that I wasn't unprepared for, um, and then accepting that people were allowed to contribute as much or as little as they wanted to. Our wishing well, having known that they'd already had a chance to contribute beforehand.
0: Yeah, I think that around the money, it, it's kind of like a compliment. I hate when you give someone a compliment and they go like, you know, like, oh, you have such nice hair. And they're like, oh, no, I don't. It's really oily all the time. Or like, oh, no, I'm not very pretty. And it kind of sucks. You're like, okay, well, I was just trying to be fucking nice. Like you, you, you could just say thank you. And I think that's the kind of stance we ended up taking of like taking it with grace and accepting people's generosity and saying, you know, thank you. And being grateful for that money in saying that we, I think we also were very strong in our own stance. We knew what we wanted and I guess we didn't really accept money to at the beginning. Um, and we didn't make our wedding dependent on the money we received. So what I mean by that is that we had all these things planned and then, that's when the money came in. So we would have done those things with or without the money. And that was really important for us. I think in getting our head around that idea of accepting it with grace, because it was like, this is going to happen anyways. But if someone wants to gift us that and be that generous, then who are we to say to them, no, you can't do that. And especially like for parents, it is a really important day and it's something that they want to contribute to. And for a lot of parents, as you kind of touched on before, they're not doing it for a particular stake or or to have the day change. They're doing it as a gift. So we need to do that. In terms of the wishing well, this was such an interesting conversation we had because originally we were like, oof, you know, we're going to have to get people to contribute to part of their head cost. Um, And that's how we were going to go about it. But then we realized that, like, that's not super fair because we have a range of different, I guess, incomes and money levels within the people who were invited. And so we didn't feel comfortable asking everyone for the same amount of money when they were buying when they had to come to our wedding. where And secondly, we knew that it would be an absolute nightmare to try and chase everyone up for their money. And that's kind of like why we ended up going with the wishing well, because there were gonna be people who contributed less and people who contributed more, and it felt like a more equitable way to do gifts because one thing I learned in wedding planning is that you can tell people again and again and again that you don't want gifts or you don't want this or you don't want them to use their phones during the ceremony. And guess what? People are still going to do it. So I think if you can manage, one, your own expectations, manage their expectations and also have a plan of how you're going to deal with that, then it leads everyone with less confusion and therefore less drama.
1: I thought that was a good point that you brought up about having everything decided before we accepted any money and that was something that I'd completely forgotten about. Like we'd already planned everything and already booked everything before we accepted money off any anyone. So I think that really worked well, that we weren't relying on other people to make our wedding work and obviously that's a privileged position that we were in but we were prepared to save and put put money aside to have our own wedding how we wanted it and we didn't go back at the end and think, Oh, family have given us X amount of money so now we can add that onto the wedding budget so we can upgrade the services that we've gotten or we can go and change our venue because we would booked our venue at a price point that we were comfortable with and so therefore anyone giving us money wasn't going to change the outcome of our wedding already Um, we just had to accept that and were really happy for their contribution but the other point to that is that we were very honest with people and I think that honesty is always the best policy in, in explaining to them that No matter how much you contribute, no matter how much you have input, it's not going to change the way that our day is going to run. Like we're going to do the things this way and being honest with them that, you know, that's what their money is going towards. And it's going towards making the day that I want to have, not the day that you want to have.
0: Yeah. And I just want to say that we didn't actually sit down and be like, okay, your money, these are the terms and conditions to it. I don't, and I I want to get that clear because a lot of people are probably listening being like, oh my God, how would I ever have that conversation with my parents or with my grandma or with my auntie? And the truth is we didn't, we didn't have that conversation. I think it actions always speak louder than words. And I think a couple of things that helped us were that we were very, I think, clear throughout the whole process of of what we were actually doing. So it wasn't about it was like, okay, well, we're going with Australian natives because we're having a rust-orange scheme and we're having a rust-orange scheme because we wanted unique colours. And so there was always a, a decision and a why. And, um, I mean, some of the whys are just like, I really like this and that's that's kind of it. But we were very – I think when anyone asked us a question about the wedding, we were clear on that. Also, I mean, maybe the people in our lives don't, don't necessarily think that, but I think that we um, – I think it also in COVID kind of helped because we didn't talk a whole lot about the specific details of our wedding. So people I think had less opinion because they didn't know what to have an opinion on. And so these kind of things set, set the expectation and I think set the whole mood around what people will and won't give their opinion on. And that goes with money you know, because we didn't really talk about it openly and because we were honest and because we were clear from the start, that also meant I think people knew exactly where their money
1: was going. I want to move on to some of the other things that I know upfront are going to cause drama um, and conversations that you're going to have to have or or potentially that you don't have to have and we're going to talk about how to sort of go about these things. Um, specific things within your wedding to do with family to do with friends that you're going to have to make decisions about that are going to cause drama how do we go about them a few examples i want to give say for example you're not having brothers and sisters as part of your bridal party say for example you're not having your father walk you down the hole say you don't want parents to speak at the reception all different things how do you go about speaking to them about that? Is that something you do or how do you go about alleviating drama because we know these things are going to cause drama because these are things that people have said in their mind that are going to happen on your wedding day. How do you tell them about things that are changing? Just like how do you tell them about having, having a smaller wedding or how do you tell them that you're going to elope? These are things that are going to cause drama. How do you sort of minimize the impact that that's going to have?
0: Oh, I mean, (laughs) I think all these things are hard conversations nonetheless. So I think that going in with it in yourself, knowing that it's probably going to cause drama and it's probably going to be uncomfortable. Any kind of confrontation is a little bit. So I think also setting yourself up to not avoid the drama and avoid the confrontation. Personally, my response is always to go in honestly and have your reasons why. So if you know someone if you're not giving a role to someone be like this is why. Um if you think they actually need a reason why, I don't think every single person needs a reason why. Otherwise, you'll be giving a hell of a lot of reasons why people aren't involved. Um I also think we need to be careful about the way we do bring it up with people coming from an empathetic place because it is a sense of loss for a lot of people and a lot of people get very upset about it. So, you know, some, some good conversational ways of doing it is, you know, to not be to not assume anything of that person, go in with curiosity and open mind, asking questions. Please don't use the why question. Never say like, well, why would you do this? And why Why can't I just play my wedding my own way? And why, why, why? It'll automatically put people off. So I think trying to remember, you know, some conversational techniques and just, I don't know, I think you're going to have to rip the bandaid off a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think you spoke about it in episode 20 in the Q&A episode we got a question about how do I tell my father that I don't want them to walk me down the aisle and if, you know it's a good it's a good question I think honesty is always the best policy you have to tell them as early as you possibly can you have to give them as, enough, as much notice but then the other side of me really says like why do I need to tell them because it's their assumption that they were going to do that anyway you know who are they to assume that they are going to have that role so why should I tell them that they aren't having that role because then that assumes that they were in the in the beginning. You know, like these. it's a hard question when you're saying like this is a stereotype, this is a tradition that has been done before. I'm trying to move away from it. So why would I then acknowledge how it's been done before when that isn't like a golden set like rule of something that has to be done? So why should I be apologizing or explaining it to anyone that they were going to ever have that position?
0: Right, and it's never just on the couple because you're never going to know everyone's expectations or... Um, of what they plan to be part of your day but I also think one thing and I know that I probably got caught out in it and I know a lot of people get caught out of it is if you're around that person not talking about that specific thing to avoid that confrontation um, like if you are not having your brother or sister or sibling part of your bridal party but then you never speak about your bridal party in front of them or even say like these are my bridesmaids, I've chosen my bridesmaids, then they probably don't ever get the chance to realize they're not part of that. But in the same way, they can 100% ask you just straight out, am I part of your bridesmaids party or whatever the question is. So I I don't think you should take all the blame either.
1: A story from our wedding that actually came up and caused a bit of drama um, on the night of our wedding was that I didn't allow either of my parents to speak at the reception. And there are a few reasons for this. I didn't really want – I don't really love the tradition or just the stereotype of things you hear. And I, I have seen it done in other weddings before where parents get up and speak about um, their child when they were like a baby when they were at school and how they've grown to become such an adult. You know, It's not like a 21st. I don't want that sort of speech. And I don't want a recap of my childhood. There on display, and I think I've moved a long way from that. And I also didn't think my parents could speak to my relationship as well as other people could, so that wasn't something that I wanted, you know, at my reception. That came up to cause a bit of drama later on because um, people weren't happy with that um, decision that I'd made, and the fact that I didn't actually tell them beforehand. I didn't tell them because I didn't think anyone should assume that they were speaking um, at the reception of anyone's wedding so you shouldn't necessarily have to tell them they're not speaking because i don't think you should assume to ever be speaking so that was probably why i I didn't really tell them but it caused drama on the night that they weren't told or they weren't given the opportunity to speak and i think also because you gave your mother a chance to speak and that was your decision that you really wanted her to speak and that was a decision you made and you had your reasons for that Uh, exactly the same reason why i had reasons for not you wanting my parents to speak so That was something that maybe I could have broached a bit differently beforehand. But I don't know. I think those things are just going to cause drama regardless of if you bring them up or not.
0: Yeah. And I think that these things are really difficult, especially in split families, because for us, we had three parents, you know, present. And so that's three speeches. We couldn't just have, you know, two speak or, you know, it was a hard line a line to draw and, and I think we you know accepted that someone was going to be upset there and it, it's hard to amiss that you know to to avoid that I think this is a, a thing that a lot of um, couples are probably probably experiencing maybe not in specific example you gave but in many examples you know if you especially if your parents are split and you haven't had a specific father figure let's say then you're probably not choosing your father to walk you down the aisle and these there's so many situations particularly around parents it's really difficult because parents usually are the ones um i guess that not only not only them but everyone expects to be heavily involved within the day
1: and as you said this may bring up drama within the family if you're not as close with your parents or say you have got a split family and you know you're, and you know your parents are divorced you're closer with one of your parents than the other you're closer with some of your you're closer with some of your siblings than other siblings it's going to cause that bit of drama and and actually having them all there on the day is going to cause drama as well and that's another thing that I know a lot of people get concerned about is having their parents come back in the same room together on the same day when when, when there is a broken family
0: yeah, so I guess on that, I'll I'll touch on like my little story. Um, Interesting, I guess, is because I chose not to invite my father, but I chose to invite his parents and his sister. And I know for a lot of people are like, what? How does that even work? And the truth be told is that my father brings up a lot of a lot of sadness and I guess trauma and anger for a lot of people who would have been present at that wedding. And so for me, it wasn't appropriate and I don't really talk to him. So it wasn't appropriate to have him there on that day. I mean, I did tell him, you know, X, Y, and Z, this is the reason why. And also I was, I mean, his parents and his, his siblings were also very aware of the relationship I had. So there was, no, there was no surprises. And I think that that helped a lot to manage everyone's expectations, make everyone feel at ease. And also because those invites went out ahead of time, it gave people a lot of time to mentally prepare for that also.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good thing. I think if If you know you're going to upset someone, upset them earlier. You know, you don't want the drama on your day and maybe that's, you know, a a good rule to go by is if you think people are going to have expectations, try to let those down early. Um, And maybe it'll be awkward, maybe it'll be drama for a few months of them trying to change your mind, but it's better than them being super upset on the night because they're always going to be upset when they first sort of find out about it. And that's another thing with like inviting family members. A lot of people have drama about who they invite in their family. Maybe you are having a smaller wedding and, and who gets invited or does extended family get invited or the more family on one side get invited to do, do family members get to have like a plus one, like you're not inviting all your, your family partners and then that brings up an issue with your auntie who then tells your grandmother who then, you know, there's drama there. These things, try to sort these out as early as possible and don't leave them to, to come to a head on your wedding night because that's not the type of thing you want to be dealing with on the day.
0: All right. So I guess we've, cut, you know, we've talked about a lot about maybe why family drama kind of comes up and then also maybe, you know, ways to get around it. But I think ultimately the only thing you can do is manage yourself and that that comes to whether that's, you know, your own self care and what that looks like. Or whether that's, you know, relying on your partner or how you and your partner kind of deal with that. I think it's really important to know that unfortunately everyone's going to have an opinion and also everyone's going to give that opinion and then that's also going to create drama. So I think that you need to have ways to deal with that that drama whether it's talking to someone or seeking help and I mean it has to be said that we come from a very heteronormative and we had a very standard wedding and so we didn't get a whole heap of drama but I know for a lot of people this is a really awful time and that this can be extremely triggering and traumatic and so um my other thing about, you know, with yourself is really enjoying that engagement period before you even start planning because that's, that's when a lot of that damage and um, sadness comes between planning and the day.
1: And really be happy with you and your partner, you know, be happy with the decisions you're making. And if you're making the best decisions for you, then they're decisions that are ultimately going to make you happy so it doesn't matter what other people think. You know, you can be, if you're too caught up in trying to please other people and then they're upset, then you're gonna be like, well why did I make this decision? I was trying to do what was best for you and you still didn't you still weren't happy about it. The the best thing to do is just try to make decisions that are gonna be great for you and do the things that are gonna make you happy because you're gonna upset someone somewhere along the line. As you said, like we didn't have experiences with, you know, other things that were going to cause drama. Like I know people who are in religious families who aren't having religious weddings. That's gonna cause drama. Or people who are getting married to someone who is of a different religion to them or you know of a different belief system to them and that is going to cause drama within the family so just making sure that you're happy with your partner obviously you've chosen them for a reason so you're happy with them just to, to to an extent so you've got to you know be be comfortable to have those conversations and make decisions that are going to be best for you because it's not about anyone else it's not about what other people think because people are going to be upset regardless and make sure that you're doing the best thing for yourself
0: Yeah, because if you make everyone else happy, you'll probably end up unhappy and that is not what you want. And in my experience, yeah, it'll probably suck. Everyone will suck it up for the day. You'll have a beautiful day and most people will get over it in due time.
1: Also, I want to add another point is that try not to have people who you're going to think are going to cause drama around you on the day. And this is not just family. This is like people in your wedding party people who are close with you there on the day, people who are doing speeches on the day, like people who you think are going to bring weird stuff up um, in their speeches, people who you're going to think are bag you out in your speeches don't have that around you. Like we're not talking about just drama. I'm talking about like a negative energy in in a sense. And have a think about those types of things. Make sure the people in your wedding party are on your team. And that can be easier said than done because sometimes they have to be family members but trying to stick towards people who you know are going to be there for you and not people who are going to go side with someone else or or try to create drama within, you know, because you're going to be with them for a lot of the, the time planning your, planning your wedding and maybe you think that it's not best to have your sister in your bridesmaids because they're going to cause drama and they're going to try to bring outside influence. Maybe they're way too close to you and, and you'd like to spend more time with friends, you know. Think about these types of things and who you're spending your time with on your day. We've spoken about this before that those are like precious Hours that you spend on your day, so making sure that you have the right people there and not not people who are going to bring ne- drama, not people that are going to bring negative energy to your day because that 's not what it 's about
0: yes, well said, I think we've talked an awful lot about drama, and if your head is hurting as much as mine, go take a break from wedding planning <laughs> um, it's going to probably be a stressful and beautiful time that's that 's the beauty of weddings, right so but on that note we're gonna leave you and if you did like this episode or any of our other episodes make sure you do give us a rating or review you can do that on spotify or apple Podcasts. it really does help us get it out to more people or If you can't get enough of us, go over to our Instagram at 2 underscore podcast. We do often post, you know, behind the scenes or ask you guys questions. Um, So if you want any of those updates, make sure you go there.
1: Like and subscribe.
0: That's my YouTube channel. Thank you.
1: (laughs) That we don't have. If you've enjoyed any of our episodes, guys, please share them around with a friend or family member. Share them with someone who you think could gain something from hearing these conversations. I know that I would have gained a lot hearing these types of conversations when I was engaged during that wedding planning process. It could often feel isolating, very lonely, that you don't have anyone to really really relate to. So nice to be able to share this with someone who you think could also really benefit from it. But on that note, guys, we hope you have a great week and we will be back again next Friday.
0: Happy planning.
1: Bye.